This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And this week we're talking about uh, that story about how my coworker didn't put enough butter in the butter chicken. <laughs> oh, good. We haven't done this one yet, except on the last two episodes. <laughs> uh, we're talking about smoked foods, and this was requested by host Molly. Host Molly, why did you want to talk about smoked foods? So at the time that we're recording this right now, I have just... That's when I'm recording it too, right now. Oh, Wow. I have just returned from teaching for a week at a, basically at a, a, a dude ranch, like a ranch resort. Yeah. Uh, not super fancy, but yeah, like a working ranch that's owned by the Nature Conservancy, actually. Oh, wow. Super okay. cool. They have a chef there on site to cook for the guests who are staying. Nice. And an outdoor kitchen with all these like super sweet, like wood burning grills and stuff. And we ate such good food. This was August when we were there. Uh, A lot of vegetables, some bison. Okay. um, uh, Because they have a conservation herd of bison there, and they have to cull them so that they don't have too many for the land. Do the the bison just kind of like mill around and walk by sometimes? No. So the bison are on uh, like a 50,000 acre uh, like open pasture. Even I know that's a lot of acres. It's huge. And there are 2,000 bison there. And believe it or not, like that's really what the land can support. Okay. So anyway, so this place also, you know, does cook and use some of the bison meat when they have to cull the herd once a year to keep it down to 2,000. Anyway, all this to say, we ate a lot of food that was cooked in coals or, you know, otherwise sort of rendered smoky. (laughs) Oh my God, delicious potatoes that have been cooked in the coals and were a little smoky beets. Of course, various smoked meats, zucchini and other summer squashes that had basically been grilled, but, you know, in the presence of a lot of smoke. Anyway, it just, it made me think about, I I tended prior to having this experience to think about smoked foods as being 
something that you make only in a smoker. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it was really cool to see the way that this guy, Chef Ivan at Zapata Ranch uh, in Southern Colorado, the way that he used smoke in ways both uh, like sort of uh, mild and aggressive without having any sort of like contained drum like a smoker. Interesting. Okay, so I'm glad you brought this up because like you asked me to research this ep- this episode and uh, I mostly, you know, researched like smoke houses and stuff. Yeah. So not the thing you're talking no, about. No, no, it's fine. It's totally fine. Anyway, it just But it, no, I know what you mean. Like you want you want me... like uh, like a wisp a li- wisp of smoke licking the from the flames licking the food. Yeah. Why are and... flames always licking things? I don't know. It's like so intimate. Yeah. I intentionally did not give you any more guidance around smoked foods because I want to talk about all kinds of smoked stuff, not just meat or whatever, but also cheeses. I know we'll talk a little bit about tea. And also um, because it's time for me to like learn to make my own way in the world. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been like under under your guidance long enough. Okay. Yeah. The first step is going to be how to smoke your food. Okay. So, uh, hold on. Actually, can I can I go first on memory lane? Please. So, when I was in college and I worked like seasonally at Whole Foods yeah. in Northern California. Uh, one of the two parts of the store where I worked was the specialty section. Sure. You know, like working behind a cheese counter, you, you get to encounter a lot of really like fancy cheeses and expensive cheeses. But right. then you're also responsible for wrapping, you know, for like slicing and wrapping like logs of uh, you know, more everyday cheeses like uh, whole milk mozzarella or Munster, things like that, right? Right. So one of the things I had to do was uh, slice these like logs of smoked mozzarella we yeah. would get. And that stuff would sell so fast. Interesting. And the smell would stay on my hands <laughs> for. I mean, I would get home at the end of the day, I mean, even hours after having, like, cut up and wrapped pieces of this Was this a cheese that was smoked, like, on a rack or a basket or something so that it got, like, a pattern? It did have a bit of a pattern yeah. on the outside of the I don't loaf. think, when I said basket, I don't think that's a real thing. I think, like, a, like a you know, a smoker rack. People love smoked mozzarella, and I cannot handle it. It just... The smell, it's so overdone for me. I have a smoked mozzarella memory lane also. You do? Um, Yeah. When, before Delancey opened, um, which is a a local pizza restaurant. Oh, I've heard of it. That you may have heard of. I've heard of it, yeah. uh, I went to to Phoenix, Arizona with uh, former spouse of the show, Brandon. (laughs) Oh, FSO. TSB. That's, yeah, F Sotsby. F Sotsby. <laughs> um, and uh, we went we went to um, uh, Pizzeria Bianco. Yes. Uh, and one of the pies there, I did not, I forgot to look up like what this pie actually was besides smoked mozzarella, but had smoked mozzarella. And I think that was the first time I'd ever had smoked mozzarella on a pizza. Oh, that's it so is, interesting. It is a lot. Like, I don't think yeah. I would want that to be my only pizza of the evening, but like as, as like, uh, you know, we, we ordered four pizzas for the two of us. Uh, and these are not small pizzas. That's, um, that sounds like a research trip. It was with a research F. trip. Sotsby. But like you know, having having like a bite of the smoked mozzarella pizza, like in between bites of other pizzas, was very satisfying. Yeah, you know, I am just fascinated by 
by people's appreciation for smoked mozzarella. I, I wow, it is not a subtle smoke flavor. Right. I, I mean, I think about you and your knowledge of and love of tea. What about lapsang suchon? Suchong. I, I, I don't really know if like I'm saying it. it right. So I know this is a very polarizing tea. It's a, a smoked black tea from yeah. China. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, I used to. Uh, I, I mostly drink green tea now, so I haven't like ordered lapsang suchong in a long time. But I would still enjoy it if I if I got my hands on some. And I used to order it from uh, Upton Tea Importer which mm-hmm. is a really nice uh, tea catalog. I think they still send me the paper catalog sometimes, which mm-hmm. is very refreshing. Um, and uh, they have like a very smoky Lapsang Souchong, and uh, it's, uh, it's a it's really unique experience in the world of tea. I've never had it, but it's so interesting, like the weird, the weird things that we hang on to that like we learn about the world. Yeah. I remember my mom at some point telling me that my grandfather, so her dad's favorite tea was Lapsang Souchong. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I don't know what to do with this knowledge, uh, but it, it, it lives in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. I, you should try it sometime. Like, yeah. it's not it's not as smoky as smoked mozzarella. It's, okay. It's like, if you get a good one, it's really nicely balanced. You know, this, I, I feel like I, I'm veering into dangerous territory okay. here. But Matthew... I have kind of mixed feelings about the intense smoky flavor of Benton's ham and Benton's Mm, bacon. So Alan Benton, famous pork product producer out of Tennessee. Tennessee, right? I think that's right. Yes. Yeah. What do you think? It's so smoky. I've never had the famous Benton's ham. Oh, you um, haven't? Okay. I uh, I would love to try it. I do. I'm glad you brought that up though, because like uh, Newski's bacon is very much on my memory yes. lane. Like yes. I remember, I and it's remember, really smoky. It's really smoky. I don't remember where I learned about it first, but we used to order it online. Now they sell it at De Laurenti downtown. Uh-huh. It's a super smoky bacon. I really like it. I, it's, it's not too smoky for me. Okay. Like, but it is a very sm- you know like a double smoked bacon. Sure. Okay. Yeah, Benton's bacon. Um, there was probably a, a time about 10 years ago when I, you know, kind of got geeky and, and would order yeah. occasionally from Benton's and would get uh, get the ham, get the bacon. And it is delicious. It is profoundly smoky. And I think I like it. But, yeah, I... I uh, it's you an know, acquired taste. They always I think. say you can like you know, like take some of the smoke flavor out of bacon by like blanching it before you oh, cook that it. Seems like wrong. I know that I feel, seems wrong. I have tried it occasionally, like for for a recipe or something, and I feel like you lose like a lot more than just the smoke flavor. Mm-hmm. Like you end up with bland bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew, my dog is is about to fall asleep on our agenda, <laughs> okay, so I let's can't share. I can't move it. Okay, so. There's one other thing on my memory lane, and like, if anyone can like help me figure out where it came from, that would be great. Uh, email me, contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com. So, a thing that we say in our family like all the time, and I think all it came time. from it came from uh, probably like a John Thorne essay where he was like quoting some you know like food text from the 1800s or something. Used the phrase to mean like smoked in a smokehouse, quote cured in the smook. The smook meaning the smokehouse. Okay. Cured in the smook is so fun to say. Like, I, I'll say it like if, uh, if you know, someone has recovered from an illness, then they were cured in the smook. <laughs> or like we're eating like, you know, some smoky bacon or something like, wow, this was really cured in the smook. Uh, like, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I Googled it and cured found like in the smook. no, no trace of, of this phrase. <laughs> on Google so I, I was, don't know what's going on. I was also thinking of it as like something you could say if somebody like really needs a shower or something yeah. like whoa you whoa you've been cured in the, the smoke. smoke. 
<laughs> time, to, time to bathe. Yeah. So smoked foods must be really old in the history of human cooking. Oh, right? yes. So uh, as best as I was able to find, food has been smoked since the Stone Age. But the Stone Age lasted a really long time, so that's not very specific. Mm -hmm. So the Stone Age was from, like, 3.3 million years ago to 12,000 years ago. Okay, which is is relatively recently. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it ended pretty pretty recently. Like, you know, the fact that, like, you know, 12,000 years ago, like, humans were, like, cave and savanna-dwelling hunter-gatherers seems kind of odd. Well, what would you think they would be? I don't know. Like, do you, do you think they already had desk jobs? I think I think they yeah. I think they had like stone desks. Stone desks. Yeah. Oh man, when you would bump your knee against those. Oh jeez. Wow. It's you, bad enough now. You'd have to go to the hospital and get cured in the smoke. And they didn't even have hospitals. <laughs> anyway, so uh, hold on. Okay, because you know the smoked foods go back so far in human history and are so prevalent. Obviously, we are barely going to scratch yeah, the like surface a, of this it's topic. It's a thing you find everywhere people use fire. Yes. So pretty wide-ranging at yeah. this point. So we're we're just going to kind of like glance off the surface, like like my knee off of a, a rock of desk. A rock desk. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I want to work at the rock desk. <laughs> I meant stone. <laughs> the stone desk. Yeah, when did the rock age end? I'm going to say like... <laughs> 1989. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Go on. Okay. So uh, this is from Wikipedia. Uh, quote, it is supposed that early humans would hang meat up to dry and out of the way of pests, thus accidentally becoming aware that meat that was stored in smoky areas because people would have like, you know, fires burning in their homes, acquired a different flavor and was better preserved than meat that simply dried out. And why is that? So it's because... Uh, smoke contains a variety of compounds that act as uh, antimicrobial. Okay. Okay. As like preservatives. Yeah. Basically. Okay. So people started building smoke houses because like smoking food inside your home was, could be problematic. And if you go on Google images and search for traditional smokehouse, yeah. like there are so many beautiful pictures of like old, like little smokehouses in like all kinds of different styles from different cultures. And like, this is my preferred porn now. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> the only smokehouse I can picture right now is like something you could, you could truly build in your backyard, like a little outhouse with some shelves in it. Almost. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely it. But, but in, you know, infinite variations okay. and architectural styles. Okay. What about, uh, are we going to get into cold smoking at all? We are going to get into cold smoking, Oh, good, because I've always been kind of confused by that. Uh, Yeah, I kind of was too, and I think I understand it a little better now. Okay, great. Go Um, on. Okay, so, you know, fast forward to 1939, because so there was, uh, you know, people started to to, uh, produce uh, smoked foods commercially, but still like in, in a, you know, small smokehouse basis, because there was no real way to distribute smoke throughout a large space. Okay. Um, and so it was still done until the 20th century, like in, in the way it had been done since prehistory, until the advent of the Tory kiln in Scotland in 1930. 39, okay. which was a uh, a smoking device that was used to smoke fish in large quantities in a warehouse. Okay. Uh, so this uh, this is according to my favorite website, meatsandsausages.com. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Quote, all previously built smokehouses depended on a natural draft movement, air going up without any means of humidity control. The Tory kiln design incorporated a motor-driven fan, electric heaters, temperature sensors, air diffusers, and even a photoelectric eye for smoke density control. So oh. this is this is like for the first time people were able to like take a whole warehouse and control the conditions so that everything in it would smoke evenly. When you say warehouse, so like a Tory kiln, could that be like scaled to any size? Or was this a particular, I mean, was it like a kiln, like for pottery, like that's a... So I think the kiln is the, is the device that produces the smoke and, uh, and does the environmental control and you place it in a large space. Got it. Like how, what's the maximum size? I don't know, but pretty big, I think. I'm, 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 uh, I'm conjuring up images of the giant jam sandwich. Do you you remember the, the, how they converted a bakery or I mean, like a warehouse into an oven Yes, and you see the bread like bursting out of the doors I think, I think it's probably probably like like that. that. Yes. Okay. Oh, man, I haven't thought about that book in a long time. Oh, it's a good one. Matthew, so what about what about wood? I mean, what about wood, wood is what you use to fire a smoker. Yeah, not not always, but usually. So like okay. you can you can use peat for smoking, you can you can use like moss for smoking. Interesting. Uh, but uh, but it's typically wood. Okay. People quickly learned that some woods work better for smoking than others in terms of like uh, you know, the the like burning, charring properties of the wood and also the the aromas and flavors that it imparts. And so mm-hmm. in North America, I like I don't know if this actually is an interesting observation or not, but I realized as I was like reading about like the woods used for smoking in North America, like hickory, mesquite, applewood, mm. pecan wood. They sound don't they delicious. all sound so appetizing? They do. And like I don't I, so I don't know if it's like that these are like, you know, euphonious sounding words in and of themselves or it's just like we've for, you know, so many, you know, dozens of generations associated them with good eating and good smells. But like, you know, hickory smoked. Like what sounds better than that? Yes. Mesquite smoked. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's really interesting. But I'm at, but like these are uh, these are like new world plants or right. some of them are. Yeah. And like some some like old world uh, you know, woods are, are, you know, that were brought to, to North America are used for smoking. But in Europe, like typically it's oak, alder, and beech are the mo- most okay. common woods used for smoking. And they all impart different flavors and aromas because of the qualities of uh, like the actual yeah. wood. Okay, cool. Okay, so there are two main styles of smoking, hot smoking and cold smoking. Uh, Wikipedia also mentioned warm smoking, which uh, like... <laughs> Okay. There's also tobacco smoking, uh-huh. uh, clo- clove cigarettes. There's cloves. Yeah. Uh, uh, cannabis. <laughs> I definitely smoked a couple of clove cigarettes. In you high did? School. Yes. Oh my god! I remember trying to smoke a stick of incense. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody best. told me that you could like inhale the smoke from it or something, and I tried. And but they, it didn't they were work. wrong. Yeah. It made me feel really cool though. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a, sorry, now I have this image stuck in my head. No, no. I mean, it was it was tough. As you can imagine, it's a real dense little stick there. Okay, so cold smoking is not really a preservation technique. It is a flavoring technique. And, okay. like, it is it is a more modern technique. Not that, not that it was, like, never done, uh, you know, before, like, industrial smoking. But it's because it's not a preservation technique, you need to be really careful. And so it requires pathogen control 
control and keeping the smoke temperature within a careful range. And so, like, if you screw it, if you screw it up, you can get real sick. Um, I remember, so, you know, one of my first jobs, and certainly my first job in the food world, was working as a cook in a catering kitchen okay. when I was in high school. I remember I made seven fifty an hour, which was a lot at the time. Sure. Uh, still, frankly, right around today's minimum wage. <laughs> not not in Washington. No, but, but like the yeah. federal minimum oh, yeah. wage. Yeah. I thought you were going to say still a lot these days. I was like, oh, no, I don't know. Absolutely uh, <laughs> not. No, it's like a criminal <laughs> right. amount there. But uh, I did things like, you know, uh, s- snap the tails off of a whole, <laughs> a whole like, variety of animals. A whole case of green beans. <laughs> or anyway, I was learning like for the first time working with food in large quantities. Yeah. You know, like you do in, in the food industry. Which is honestly something I've never really done. Uh, anyway, but the the woman I worked for, one of the one of her most popular things was her cold smoked salmon. Yeah. So she would take a whole side of salmon and they had, uh, you know, what looked like an oven. It was an oven with like, you know, side by side double doors and they would cold smoke stuff in yeah. there. And I still don't really, I mean, is that a typical, uh, it must have been a special type of oven? Well, I, I yeah, I did not research and kind of like have okay. no no ability to talk about like different types of smoking devices, which I know people uh, get super into, and uh, and I respect that. And also, like I've never smoked anything, no, no, <laughs> except I'll, a clove I'll, cigarette. Uh, just to reiterate, this is really a a, a, a glancing look at the right. world of smoking. It's from from like the eating side yes. mostly. Yes. Um. So like, yeah, I don't I don't have a big green egg or like a. Uh, I don't. I don't really have like any size or color of of, of smoker. Okay. All right. So let let's get down to actually talking about the eating. I have some small brown eggs. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I didn't bring them though. Yeah. What What do you uh, What Let's talk about eating smoked yeah. things. Oh, I was gonna say. So so your smoked mozzarella that you used to they used to sell in mass quantities. That's that would cold, be cold smoked, smoked because if you tried to hot smoke cheese, it would like melt and <laughs> dribble through through the grates. Yes. Um, okay. So yeah. What like, about bacon? Is bacon? Bacon Bacon is typically cold smoked because it's going to be cooked further. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. So, you know, okay, uh, obviously bacon, this is something we've talked about before. We won't go into too much more of it. Ham, what about smoked yeah, ham? we did bacon episode 109. Okay. I looked up some old episodes. Ham is not always smoked. Uh, no, ham can be like uh, cured and, and not smoked, mm-hmm. like, a, like a prosciutto. Yep. But smoked ham is very popular and yeah. I, I was going to say smoked ham is very popular and very tasty. Yes, so I think, this is a uh, great observation. I'm, I'm, I've just been, I've just gotten a, a termination notice <laughs> from from the uh, the uh, the corporate overlords of spilled the corporate milk overlords podcast. Of spilled milk. They're like, we were we were waiting for you to say the least interesting thing ever, and, and you just did, it. and now uh, you're going to be sent to a farm upstate. Uh, you know what? A ham farm. So here's the thing: I've never been somebody who's like really big into sandwiches okay but if i'm gonna eat a sandwich and if somebody's offering me turkey smoked turkey sure i like quite a bit yeah i agree i like smoked turkey a lot in fact i think that all lunch turkey should be smoked turkey yeah and i like of the deli hams black forest ham is my favorite and that's the smokiest one i never thought about that i feel like for me the flavor of ham is just sort of like the flavor of ham and unless it's like super smoky, like Alan Benton's ham, right. 
I I forget that it's even smoky. <laughs> yeah, no, like Delhi Black Forest ham, pretty darn good. It's so good. And like I've never been to the Black Forest, and I don't really know what it is, but I imagine it's a forest that just has like natural smoke, uh, kind of uh, suffusing it at all times. Yeah. Probably, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what about jerky? So jerky is, uh, I did not really ever think about the jerky production process, but it is typically a cold smoked and dried meat. Oh, wow, I just never thought about yeah. this. There's, so, I, you know like, what, it, I it doesn't. It's not always smoked, but but like when we, if you think about like, you know, the basic, you know, Jack Link's beef jerky, right. like that's, that's going to be cold smoked and dried. Uh, I think that what I'm discovering is that a lot of smoked foods... The, the flavor of the smoke just to me has become part of the flavor yes, of the I food. Think, yeah, that's so totally I true. don't even think about jerky as being smoked. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I mean, barbecue. We're not going to go down this barbecue rabbit hole because we'll never come back yeah, out. Yeah, I don't, honestly, but I don't think we're ever going to do a barbecue episode because I, we are the least qualified people in the world to talk about barbecue. I absolutely agree. I'm so glad like, that we agree on I think, this. I think probably it would be fair to say barbecue is the ultimate smoked food. I think that's fair. But uh, beyond that, I don't have anything to say except that I like it. Yes, I like it too. What about pastrami? That's a smoked okay. meat. Okay, like I went down a little bit of a pastrami rabbit hole that I'm not really going to get into on the show, but I read an interesting article from the Jewish Daily Forward about okay. like uh, putting putting to rest whether pastrami is from New York, Texas, or somewhere else. Oh, these so, are the kinds of arguments that have right. always really not done it for me. So I'm for <laughs> sure not going to weigh in on that argument, but pastrami is a form of barbecue, for sure. Sure, okay. Um, so what about, you know, what about in other cultures? I mean, I I think what, what I tend to think of as a smoked food is is very often like North American food. You know, you know, what's a smoked food that, uh, that I didn't even put on the agenda is, is katsuobushi. Uh, Remind so, me what this is. So katsuobushi is uh, is smoked, dr- salted, dried bonito that's oh, all usually shaved to make dashi. fish flakes for making dashi or as a garnish or like in like all kinds of things in Japanese cooking. I forgot. I, that's, I did that's a smoked food. So it's smoked bonito. Yeah. Okay. Oh, fantastic. And like well, if you if you like open a pack of fish flakes and smell it, you'll smell the smoke. But like, you know, in, you know, in harmony with like the the smell of the fish. Yes. Um, so, yeah. yes. Um, what about in like Chinese cooking? So there's a, there's quite a bit of smoking in Chinese cooking. I think the best known dish is probably tea smoked duck, okay. which is which is smoked like like you you kind of do it like in in a wok. You like like convert your, turn your mm. wok into a smoker and you're so you're like burning dried tea leaves on the bottom and like have a rack set up with with the duck on it that is that is uh, hot smoking in there and did, uh, I have I've uh, you know I've certainly never made it but I've eaten it a number of times and it's really good. Did friend of the show Kenji Lopez Alt include anything like that in his book <sighs> The Walk? You know I would be surprised if he didn't. It's, yeah, I mean it's so I mean that book is just exhaustive. Right. Um, oh, you know, there's a Cook's Illustrated ribs recipe that I made once for like oven oven smoked ribs mm-hmm. that uses a tea smoking technique. Like you uh, you get the, the like a like a a half sheet pan really hot okay. and then put some uh, some lapsang souchong tea ah. on it and like like get it hot enough to to smoke and and then put you know put a rack of ribs on there on a on a rack God, and sounds cover fantastic. it with uh, with foil it was really good did you notice that it was smoked tea N- not really you okay. just kind of noticed that it had some some smokiness Smoky to flavor. it okay 
Smoked. Uh, it, it was kind of a production. I don't think I'm going to do it again, but it was tasty. So, you know, smoked salmon. Yeah. Uh, this, I think, was maybe in my lifetime one of the first smoked foods I encountered. Yeah, and I think we should do an episode on I this. I think we at should some too. Point because, like, first of all, like, uh, smoked, smoked salmon, like, smoking fish in this way is like something that, like, indigenous communities, indigenous nations in the Pacific Northwest have done since prehistoric times. And uh, so, like, you know, that's our region. And, uh, like, you know, it's. It's it's the region that to to be clear that uh, that our people took by force from the indigenous people living here. Yes, thank you for um, <laughs> thank you for making that mention. Okay, so uh, smoking salmon like it's a really interesting process because smoking salmon and other fish requires the formation of a pellicle, which I think is a word that I've seen maybe once before. Uh huh. So it is a like a sticky protein rich outer layer that you that you get by like drying the fish under their proper conditions before okay. smoking and the smoke sticks to the sticky layer just like your fingers would stick to it. And is the sticky layer kind of that beautiful shiny layer that's on the outside of some pieces of smoked salmon? Yeah, that's right. And of course there are other smoked fish too, like haddock. Isn't haddock yeah. mostly? No, haddock is used for all kinds all of kinds stuff. Of things, but, but smoked haddock is very popular uh, in Europe. Yep. Uh, you know, smoked smoked mackerel, like especially like, like you know Northern Europe. Smoked oysters, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. my dad used to eat. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, and smoked salmon, of course, can be hot smoked or cold smoke, and the two styles are like really obviously different. Sure, sure. Oh, I'm looking forward to our smoked salmon episode. Yeah, me Maybe too. we should do that next. I did. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I did. Uh, like many years ago, when I was writing for Seattle Magazine, I did a smoked salmon tasting that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like it was cl- one of those classic things where I'm like, these are going to kind of all taste the same. Like all the hot smoked ones are going to be similar, and all the cold smoked ones are going to be similar, but they were not. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, uh, and then of course, you know, I I, I think of everybody's favorite uh, spice in recent years: smoked paprika. Yeah. Pimenton de la Vera. Yes. Um, yeah, smoking smoking dried chilies, like, mm-hmm. like chipotles. chipotles, also smoked. Like, there to me, there's, like, almost no better smell than, like, opening a bag of dried chipotles mm-hmm. uh, and just, like, giving it a sniff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is, so what is liquid smoke? All right. Like I, I remember, so my mom always had these two bottles uh, like on the spice rack that were very confusing to me. All One right. was called Kitchen Bouquet. Oh, I've heard Which is not that. a smoked thing. It's basically like caramel coloring. And she would put it, it when okay. she would make like turkey gravy on Thanksgiving. She would always put a little bit of Kitchen Bouquet in it because it would make it a pretty gravy color. <laughs> but the <laughs> other was liquid That's smoke. pretty gravy. <laughs> the other was liquid smoke. And I was like, what is this okay. stuff? This was uh, more interesting than I realized. Okay. So I knew, I sort of knew that it was like not an artificial flavor, but that it's actually made from smoke. But like, there's more to it than that. So the the bottle of liquid smoke that I have on the shelf that I typically use mostly for making homemade barbecue sauce okay. is Wright's. Uh, and that's the original brand of liquid smoke. Ah. Uh, but they didn't invent the product. Like, it's pretty old. They just okay. came up with the name liquid smoke. So liquid smoke, like, you know, has been around for centuries mm-hmm. and was originally called wood vinegar or pyroligneous acid. Ooh, that's catchy. Which is kind, kind of a faux scientific term because, like, you know, lignin is like wood and pyro. Pyro is pyro. So uh-huh. It's just like some stuff we made from burning wood. 
Okay. And it's produced by condensing wood smoke into a liquid. And it was originally... So like trapping wood smoke and and condensing it. So it was originally a byproduct of charcoal making. So charcoal making is like you burn wood in like low low oxygen conditions Mm -hmm. so that there's lots of stuff left, burnable Mm -hmm. stuff left uh, Mm -hmm. that will, you know, burn in a controlled way. But when you do that, like a bunch of smoke comes off and people are like, hmm, maybe we could use this smoke for something too. Like, what if we condensed it? Um, (laughs) And... So then they so I, made this this thing that was for a long time called wood vinegar. Okay. And like when I say it's old, we gotta we gotta be, talk to Pliny the Elder about this. Yes. Oh wait, are we gonna have a visit from Pliny the <laughs> We're Elder? We have a visit from Pliny the Elder. Okay. Uh, let's let's do our Pliny the Elder intro music. Thanks, thanks, producer Abby. <laughs> Okay, Matthew, you're Pliny the Elder. All right, so according, uh, okay, this is my Pliny the Elder voice, which I'm going to make up on the spot. <laughs> okay. According to Wikipedia, Wikipedia, Pliny the Elder recorded in one of his 10 volumes of natural history the use of wood vinegar Ooh. as an embalming agent, declaring it superior to other treatments he tried. I don't know why I had to do a, a <laughs> dumb voice for... for uh, <laughs> <laughs> for not I, a quote from Pliny the Elder. I feel like Pliny the Elder sounds related to Mrs. Cubison. <laughs> I think I think so. <laughs> um, uh, Mrs. Cubison is um, a, a, like a, a ghostly figure from our crouton episode. Yes, I believe. A, a ghostly, a ghostly crouton matron. <laughs> yes, crouton matron. Yes, exactly. Uh, okay, but wait. So the right company I see here on the agenda was sued in federal court for deceptive labeling. Yes, because because they said, "Is this really? Is this really liquid, liquid smoke? smoke?" And uh, in 1913, a federal judge found that since the product is actually made from wood smoke, the labeling was not deceptive, and oh. that's been uh, accepted ever since. And uh, like I said, I keep it around for making uh, Kenji Lopez Alt's uh, barbecue sauce. Okay. Okay. You know, I, the last thing I think we should mention in this real flyover tour of smoked foods is yeah. is uh, a beverage, and that would be whiskey. Yeah. So I, again, like like I kind of forgot until the last minute that katsuobushi is smoked. I forgot mm-hmm. until the last minute that whiskey is made from smoked malt. So this would be like... Uh, scotch whiskey scotch in particular, whiskey. not all whiskey. Okay. And then wait, what's the what's the whiskey that's not, like, what's Laphroaig? The, the whiskey that's... that's not Highland, is that just Scotch? Well, okay. There's Highland whiskey, there's, there's which like... is not peaty, smoky. Right. And then there's like... Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, God, we've really veered out of our comfort zone. <laughs> the barbecue people already turned the episode off, which okay. is most people. <laughs> and now the whiskey people, or right. the Scotch whiskey people are like, dear God. Anyway, some Scotch whiskey is made from, from malt, malted barley, malted... Uh, is, it's barley, right? That's been smoked with. My uh, God, I love that you think I know this. We're both disasters in this area. <laughs> All right, fine. Well, we should we should do a whiskey episode sometime. Oh. That I'm willing. I'm willing to anger the whiskey people. Okay, great. No, this sounds like fun. Let's yeah. do it. All right. Okay. Um. Wow. God. Okay. Uh. So we are gonna we're gonna do a smoked salmon episode. Yeah, we're gonna, we're do, gonna do a whiskey, whiskey episode. episode. We're not gonna do a barbecue episode. That's right. Never. Um, we're gonna do a Chipotle episode, but that's gonna be about the the fast food. Chain. Really? Um, Did you just decide that? I just decided. I just made an executive decision. I know. Actually, the word just came down from the same the, the corporate, same corporate overlords yeah. that fired me for saying that ham was tasty. <laughs> <laughs> they told us that that uh, we've just merged with Chipotle. <laughs> no. 
Oh, great. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so now we, yeah. we don't, as a result of that, we no longer have to pay extra for guac. <laughs> that's oh, the only perk we get, though. Okay. All right. Well, fine. Whatever. You win some, you lose some. Um, Molly, do you have a now but wow? I do. I have a now but wow. So uh, my now but wow is is kind of let's well, kind of throwing it back a little bit as, okay. as mine often do. Well, it is Throwback Thursday. <laughs> That's right. I is guess that, it always is. Is that is that what was that actually the thing or did I make that up? No, that's like a thing okay. on on Instagram okay. on, on the socials. Uh, anyway, here's the deal. So, uh, perhaps, uh, our listeners are familiar with Julia Tertian. Um, mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. We are lucky to live in the same time as Julia Tertian, Past food guest. writer. Past guest of the show, Julia Tertian. All right. Well, Julia Tertian earlier this year did sort of a number of like focused episodes of her podcast. Okay. And on one of them, uh, she interviewed the romance writer, Jasmine Guillory. Oh yeah. Have you read sure. Jasmine Guillory's books? Yes. So Jasmine Guillory is them, so prolific. Yeah. I subscribe to her newsletter too. She's had a new book come out this year. Actually, it may be coming out right about now. But what I wanted to mention was an episode of Julia Tertian's podcast in which she interviews Jasmine Guillory. And they talk about the way that Jasmine Guillory uses food in her romance novels. Oh, I love this. And it's great. So anyway, what you're going to do is you're going to look up Julia Tertian's podcast, which is called Keep Calm and Cook On. Okay. And there's an episode from earlier this year uh, with Jasmine Guillory. And then you're going to go out and you are going to get Jasmine Guillory's books. Yeah, I think uh, by the time you hear this, we'll put that in the show notes. I think by the time you hear this, it will be much easier to find the show notes on our website oh, because good. we're going to have a new website Great. that hopefully will be available by by now. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, just go to SpilledMilkPodcast.com, look at this episode, and the show notes will be right there. Oh, it is delightful listening to these two these two women who both really care about food and know a lot about food. And Jasmine Guillory is just uh, like a force of nature. Okay. She's so prolific. She's so delightful. And listening to her talk about using food in writing romance in particular yeah. it was great. So I'm going to download this yeah. right now. Keep Terrific. calm and cook on uh, Julia Tertian's podcast. Uh, I'm not, I'm not even... Yeah, I'm going to do it right now. I'm not even going to finish this episode. I'm, I'm out Oh, wow. Here. Bye, Matthew. I, I mean, I got fired 15 minutes oh, ago anyway. Oh, that's true. Pam, so it's tasty. They said, they said uh, I, could, I could put in my, like, 14 minutes notice. Oh, okay. That sounds right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, uh, where, where, you know what? I'm going to keep things interesting here as our solo host, and I'm going to say ham is not tasty. <gasps> Just kidding. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Hamster Burton. Oh, nice. I, what else? What else?